What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Zoobcast, episode 48. The gang's all here. Louis, Josh, join me for episode 48. Um, Sens season is upcoming, and we will get to plenty of Sens in a matter of mere moments. But there is another Ottawa hockey team that has started their season lately, and our in-house 67s expert, Ottawa 67s expert Louis Boulay, uh, is going to be breaking down their start to the season. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday, coming off of uh, 67s winning their home opener 4-2 to two, uh, against the Erie Otters. Mm-hmm. And just a few hours ago. <laughs> just, a few, just a few hours ago. We came, me and Louie just came right from the rink uh, yeah. to be back here to do the Zoopcast. So, uh, Louie, what's, uh, what's going on with those 67s, man? How's, how's the season starting for them? They're looking great. Honestly, like the, uh, it's, it's a little bit of a limbo kind of year where you don't really know what's really expected of them. They were not the best last year. You know, they had a good start, but then fell off pretty quickly. And then this year, there's no real standouts or anything. Yes, you still have Roar. Boucher's been sent down. We'll get to the to the first round of cuts by the Sens, but that's affecting them. He he missed the the season opener on Friday night against Oshawa, but he ended up making it for today's game. But those two games we've had so far, man, absolutely ridiculous. Like the the game in Oshawa, which I, we got scored on like twice, bang bang right away, and I was like, well, this is gonna be a great <laughs> season. <laughs> but hey, my boy Luca Pinelli came in and just got a casual hat trick like it was nothing and then so he's the leader he's the scoring leader right in the scoring OHL. leader in the ohl yeah because he also scored today yes. and there were even luca chants going on in td plays which is awesome like there you go you love to see it because he was more he started last year as more of a young guy didn't have too too much but now he's on the first line with uh with roar and boucher which i like he's been he's been incredible so far this season it was uh it was also a great crowd today just you touched yeah. on on td plays i think they sold about four thousand tickets um from from what I heard, which is more than any game last year. So people are really oh, wow. buzzing for the 67s there. Sorry to cut you off there, Lewis. Just wanted to get that out. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's true. Hey, the atmosphere was awesome there. And uh, yeah, as I was saying, Pinelli played super well. Like the thing about him is obviously already he looks like way more dangerous offensively this year, but that's just like, you know, natural growth that you see from an offensive-minded player. His shot is ridiculous. I don't know if anyone, like Adam, did you see his his goal today? I didn't. I was, for those who don't know, I, I work. I work mm-hmm. at TD Place. Um, if you're ever at TD Place, come on down to the merch stand. I'll probably be there. Say hi, take a picture, sign an autograph. Um, but no, I, I did not see. I did see, I, I saw that he scored. I saw the Tyler Boucher empty netter. Yeah. That, that was the most important part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I did not see. I, he has been good. It was a laser, game. man. Yeah. Like that shot is, is ridiculous. That's a projectable skill. Like he'll, He'll slide a, a fairly good bit because of his kind of odd skating posture, and already he's he's fairly small. So because it's his draft year this year for Pinelli, so that's something to Looking keep an for eye a out for. Year. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The, 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 like the thing is, he also is like super good in in puck battles along the corners. Like he is with like couple his his smarts with his, you know, very small kind of posture and short stick. He's able to just get in there, grab pucks, and get right out. 
to make plays, which has been really nice. But another guy that I've really liked is uh, is Brad Gardner. He kind of just, Adam and I were talking about this right before we started recording, but he kind of just existed last year. He was just there. People forget. But he's been he's been really good. He had a penalty shot today. He didn't score. But he had also another snipe uh, today, another great, goal that one on I saw Friday. Was a great shot. Yes. Yeah. No, he's he's looking like him, Cooper Foster, and uh, Will Gerrois are looking like a very skilled young third line to watch out for. And the last guy that I'm going to touch on before we we move on to some sense stuff, because I'm pretty sure everybody's just <laughs> just waiting for that, let's be honest. But <laughs> I've really liked Henry Muse. He's the guy that they drafted eighth overall. And the big thing last year was they were missing a, a very steady puck-moving defenseman. And that's exactly what he is. He's that missing dynamic D-man that's going to be able to create for you. Like, he's, he's great at extrapolating open space, manipulating defenders, and just do it with an aura of poise to kind of, you know, lead the team from from the back out josh have you had any chance to watch any 67s or, or keep tabs on the team so far this year or not so much i honestly have not like any of it i've seen i saw the trade the other day i saw the lot like i'm seeing stuff on twitter but actual live action no i haven't I haven't seen anything yet my everything's going on right now exams it's true. and then yeah. in sports the baseball playoffs are about to start football Hockey preseason; those are all like slightly above on my uh, my list of priorities right now. It's October, and man. Great time. It's October, yeah. And and yeah. On the well, before we get to the sends, the sixty sevens are a big part of our logo. <laughs> so we will we will get to them. We will we'll keep tabs on the sixty sevens this year. We promise. Uh, Louis will be coming in with the insight every every. Uh, you know, maybe we'll do that. Like every episode, we'll do a little sixty sevens recap before we get into the the sends news of the day. Um, so there will be more 67s content to come we promise uh, but yeah but in the meantime uh how about those sends they're they're in the preseason and they've made a bunch of cuts and they've played some games and there's a lot i i, I do feel like there's a lot to get to actually even though it's just preseason. Yeah. And, and before i don't want to speak for the other two members of, of the podcast here but i through all of this i have to reiterate and remember that it is a preseason and no one should care. No, everything uh, matters. Nothing matters. I don't care. I don't care when they lose, but when they win, it means a lot. Exactly. That, like, that, everything that's, matters. That's the attitude that you should have. And and but you know, before we get to the win, they lost in Belleville, the Sens, in a split score, well, kind of half the team, uh, in a, a six-three loss to the Marlins. I mean, more than half the team for us, and like point one of the team for yeah. Toronto. Yeah. Let's be it, honest. It their, just... depth, their depth in the middle of our lineup. Yeah, and 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 I think I, I caught a bit of that game. It, it was kind of Nick Robertson just doing his thing. Um, the Sens looked a little flat, and everyone for some reason was really getting upset about stuff on Twitter, which is I mean you know what I'm not going to tell you what to do on Twitter. Do what you want on Twitter, but it, it's I, I just found it a bit interesting how worked up people were getting with one preseason game. Um, you know. Lo- Louis, we can talk about this because I know you're going to like to talk about this. I just saw you write it in our planner as as I was speaking. Uh, but the one bright spot in in that 6-3 loss for the Sens uh, was Louis's son, Angus Crookshank, who continued his excellent preseason. Uh, he was unfortunately happened. part of the cut. He, he's in Belleville. Yeah. But but uh, Louis, I think you 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 have earned the right to talk about. To, to gas up Crookshank a little bit here. So the, the floor is yours. 
man i get to i get to talk about crookshank and Pinelli in the same pod this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> this is the louis episode i think we should title this the louis episode at this point yeah might as well right? louis, you, you put out a tweet and you were like i'm having like there was like so many good things that were yeah happening. Like, friday was awesome and i was like scrolling through twitter like man what feels so good, good on louis let's go so go talk talk about crookshank yeah, no, he was he was playing. He started with what was it? It was Stutzla and Boucher, right? And then he there was way more stuff being moved around, and then the lines ended up being unstable because you know the team sucked and nothing was working, except for Crookshank. He was playing well, you know. He was making plays, creating creating options off stars. So that's one thing that I've noticed is before he was a little more of a of an in zone kind of guy who still played with a good bit of pace, but somehow after his knee injury he's been actually way more deadly in transition which you'd think you know the whole year off and you know injury to a lower body that would have very much hampered his the possibility of him making plays in transition but no he's gotten much much better so he was showcasing that towards the end of the game he's one of the last people that were actually you know driving play trying. coming down the boards trying to do stuff and sure enough it resulted in a goal i mean yes it was with 15 seconds left and they were already losing six two but yeah. yeah exactly a goal's a goal that's i think he's gotten if you look back now at all the games he's, he's played he had an assist in the first rookie tournament game then two goals in the yeah. second game one goal in the last one and then a goal in each of the preseason games that's not I mean, a bad way to make he, your mark, right? And all while, you know, like legitimately playing well eye test wise. And I think I don't know if we touched on this at some point in the pod, but he had insane underlying metrics like in that other game where he had like a ninety-five percent expected goal share <laughs> yeah. against the Leafs, which is just yeah, bonkers. Yeah. So yeah, I mean he's been playing well. Unfortunately, yes, he's been cut, which I didn't think he was gonna make the team, but would have been nice to see him, you know, make that make it past that first round of cuts, especially when guys like Cole Reinhardt and Jace Harluck and Scott Sabrin are still here, but <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, Josh, are you on the Angus Crookshank hype train? I'm indifferent. Wow. That was Ooh. cool. I've re- wow. That was cool. Um, Louis, Louis just passed him would... for like 15 minutes. No, I know, I know, I know. I wouldn't say I'm like as solidly on the hype train as, hype train as Louis because I think that's his designated position on uh, between the three of us. Fair. Um, but I do like it more than you know other guys that are still there like Gambrell and Watson. Like I'd rather see Crookshank oh, getting a yeah. chance. But I would say that I ha- I'd have like three or four guys who are ahead of Crookshank for the fourth for fourth line roles. And that and that's fair. And I think you could make the argument that Angus Crookshank wouldn't even be super effective in a fourth line role. Uh, just yeah. Because, like, yeah. I mean, like, That's, who's he going to, like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's not going to get a ton of He's not going to play the DJ Smith kind of, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. And, and he's not playing with other skilled players. He's going to be playing with Parker Kelly and Mark Cassidy Yeah, or something, that's the right? thing. I feel like at his ceiling, he'd be a really fun and effective third-line guy. Sure, which, which is great. Uh, you yeah. never have too many of those, I guess. But but what I did find interesting on the topic of, of Kirkshank and cuts uh, is that Ridley Grieg is still here. And you know what I mean? And Angus Kirkshank is not. And 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 really, Greg, I believe, still has a suspension. Too. That's what I was about to say. I wonder if they're keeping him up just so he can serve a suspension and then send him down. That would be such a fun troll move. <laughs> you have to, okay, set the scene, right? Home opener, full packed crowd. They're announcing like all the players, like, and they're like, and now the healthy scratches. <laughs> and then they go like, 
Ridley Gregg. And he gets, or like, imagine they take him out for like his his rookie lap, but he doesn't play. He's like yeah. with his suit and tie, just <laughs> yeah. walking around on the ice. Yeah, that's great. I think I think the Sens can be very creative with how they get Ridley Gregg to serve a suspension and then get him on a shuttle back to back to Belleville. But I, I think it's it's interesting that he's still here. He had the heck- injury though, right, with him. It's the injury. He had a heck of a game the other night against the Habs. Uh, he was blocking stuff left and right. He was competing really hard. Um, I mean, we could segue into that game, I guess, now. The, the Sens, uh, with a, a comeback overtime win, I, I believe it was, what, 6-5 or 5-4 against five, the Habs? 5-4, yeah. 5-4 against the Habs. Uh, we got it to Brinkett. Two, two to Brinkett goals. Uh, two Pinto three, goals. Two Pinto goals. And the third line Which, was excellent. Yeah. I was going to move the two Pinto goals into talking about that. The third line could, has the potential to be so good. And I think and one thing that it definitely has the potential to do for the Sens is take higher up matchups off of the first and second lines. Totally. Like I could see that yeah. line being able to keep up with another team's first or second line and allowing the Stutzla line or the Norris line to then be able to face the third line once in a while. And that... I- could create so much for the team because if you have a third line who they're not even like a you know what what we call now like a black hole line where they just don't do anything which is good as a depth line but they they actually are creating stuff on offense all three of them are able to retrieve the puck and pass the puck all three of them are able to get open in front um on the two wings right pinto is not very fast but on the two wings you have two very fast players right Mott showed off his speed last night. He drew a penalty on Matheson, I think it was. So happy with Just that signing. beating his oh. guy off the rush. Yeah, it looks like a great deal for Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I we're not going to, like, we're not talking much about Formington and for a reason, but Mott, so far from what I've seen, looks like a much more effective player, especially at 5v5, than Formington was. Because, Absolutely. yeah, you have the speed and the PK, but other than that, like, the amount of times he ruined rushes by not passing or by not being a passing option versus watching Mott making those passes or being an option is just, it's going to be night and day what they can actually create offensively. And one thing I want to add on about that is I feel like even that I'd rather have Mott on the PK. And the thing with Formington's speed is he didn't know when to use it properly and that it completely distanced himself from the rest of his teammates and killed any possible plays before or after whatever happened. So... It's uh, it's been really cool to see. And once again, this is just preseason. There's only been a few games, but there seems to be some real kind of instant chemistry with that third line, where they're really they're all they all know what they're doing and they're all doing it and and it's working. And I really I was on the third line uh, sense cast. I was on a different podcast the other day. Great guys, and they we were talking about Shane Pinto, and I was. I, they asked like you know what what are your expectations for Shane Pinto and I said I didn't know because I haven't seen I, I feel like I haven't seen Shane Pinto play right like he's been injured so much like I, I feel like I barely even know what his game is like and you know preseason but he is so good and he's looked so complete and excellent and and if he can keep playing like that that third like sit that depth at center is unreal now all of a sudden like it's so. Yeah. There was a problem for for years. There was this narrative of Ottawa having bad center depth. They never had the first line center, and then the center depth wasn't that good. And now all of a sudden, it's it's Norris, uh, you know, Stutzla and and Pinto as your 
top three centers, which is excellent. And I, I do, I do agree with Josh. I think this third line is going to be massively upgraded, which is going to be huge for matchups. And I think the penalty kill is going to be excellent. I love Tyler Mott. He's like, like Nick uh, Paul. Yep. And, and I think Frank Sanders tweeted this or something, but it's like Nick Paul did it all, but Tyler Mott does like a lot. <laughs> and, and I think, I think I'm, I'm going to adopt Tyler Mott as like the new Nick Paul in a way that he's going to be like my like cult senator to follow a little bit. Uh, and like every time he scores, it's going to be like sick. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm all on the Tyler Mott train, honestly. Like I, I love that signing and, and man, like Joseph looks good, dude. Like he's flying and, and he's playing well with Pinto and he scored, he scored a couple of goals in this preseason. Uh, Matthew Joseph. I'm very excited. I think, I, I, I think you can see in real time, the lineup for me, like at, up front, at least like yeah. you could see the top nine and then you're just ironing out that fourth line and it all looks really, really good. and man like it's coming along and i i'm excited to see uh how they're gonna they're gonna start the year and how they do another, yeah another thing that last night and the game before against toronto were there to show us was the power play formations there's been a lot of discourse about what the yes. power plays are going to look like um and i think they're doing it well so far it's interesting that derek brassard was on the power play yesterday over yeah. matthew joseph and he had a few assists. and also interesting that brandstrom yeah and also interesting that brandstrom took sanderson's spot on the power play in the third period um he had a terrific game which we can get into a bit more after we talk about the power play but i think one thing is shane pinto in the bumper spot looks amazing his release is so quick and he has such a quick stick to to play that bumper spot that I just think like they're gonna have two balanced units, and so whichever one's able to play against the team the worst PK unit is just gonna thrive. Yeah, Louis, you wanted to talk about Branstrom. Uh, I know. Honestly, I'll let Josh <laughs> uh, talk about it because he's been uh, he's, he was he saw more of the game. I missed actually the first and the second because I was busy. But well, you can go. You know, like cause the thing I'll about go. well, well, you know, I think we all have our players. And, Louis got Angus, and I've got Tom Pyatt, who will never be seen again. And jo- I'd, I'd say Josh, out of everyone that I know, is, is kind of the he's he's the originator of the Brandstrom hive, and he's always been a big a big Brandstrom guy. Uh, so Josh, it's your turn to talk your shit about Brandstrom. You know what? No, you know what though? Um, up until before yesterday's game, I was fully on board with the third pair probably being Holden and. Jacob Bernard Docker. Like, I yeah, didn't think so, Branstrom yeah. was going to be on the opening roster, but JBD didn't have a great game against Toronto. So that didn't help his, his odds. And then Branstrom had an outstanding game yesterday while having to play with Zaitsev, who was yeah. directly responsible for a couple goals <laughs> last night. This yep. is true. <laughs> and it, it just, part of me was thinking, like, okay, Branstrom was a preseason game. So he doesn't have to worry about in regular season games where he basically has to be covering for himself because Zaitsev's not doing that, right? So under part of me thinking Brandstrom just went in with the mentality of, well, this loss means nothing. Let me forget that my other demon is a black hole and go play my offensive game. Because that is what he did. He kind of left that responsibility for Zaitsev. Now, if he's leaving that responsibility for, say, Nick Holden instead, well, then those types of plays, those mishaps on D aren't happening. And he could be more comfortable doing that. And I think that's kind of the mentality Brandstrom went into it with. And there's just a play, I, I tweeted it from my 
my new account, which is now moot because I logged back into my account, by the way, should celebrate being oh, yeah. back into our, you, our account. Before you keep going, Josh, uh, for those <laughs> yeah. who haven't seen it, the Zoobcast Twitter account is back. We, we've got it back. The, the Twitter gods have blessed us with our original account. Um, so that we did make another account. It'll be used as the backup. Um, but at Zoobcast is, is back on the market and ready to go. Um, so we'll be, we'll be tweeting all our stuff there. And, and, Josh's, and Josh's account is back. Josh's virtual yeah. account is back. So, so much to celebrate today on the Zoobcast. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, what I was saying basically is like, Brandstrom and Zaitsev were defending a one-on-two in the first period. And I want to say it was against like Rem Pitlick or something. But Brandstrom's there and he's, I'm assuming his thought process is, okay, well, Zaitsev is the DFD and he's in between us, maybe a bit closer to Zaitsev anyways. So he should be the guy taking this guy and I'll take the second guy or I'll just keep backing off. But they both kind of just watch the guy basically go in between them and almost score a goal. And I just can't help but think that like, the addition by subtraction of moving Zaitsev from this lineup, and it does look like he's not going to be in the lineup on opening night, which is amazing to see. Whether so it's whether it's Brandstrom Holden, Holden JBD, even if it's like Jacob Larson or whatever, he's still here. Like, yeah, yeah. Lassie isn't though. That that was one of the victims in the first round of cups. Which well, which I understand. I've always been higher on JBD than Lassie Thompson. Like if one of them's up, I'd rather it be JBD. Um. So I get it. Before we get into the cuts, I'm going to re-ask this question after seeing a few preseason games and how the D is shaping out over under 0.5 Nikita Zaitsev games played for the Sens this year. I'm still going to stick with over, but like as, it's a different question whether I think he'll be in the home opener, right? Okay, fine. I think if it, will Zaitsev be in the starting lineup? I'll say for the first, first game? No. The first I'll say game. no. No. But I think given injuries and stuff, you'll end up okay, playing. Sure. But I but also he... think because they're not cap strapped, they don't need to waive him to gain whatever it is, like a million yeah. by burying him. They're not going to save money by sending him down. So they may as well. I, I kind of said the same thing in a tweet today where it's like, probably I would keep up Watson as like the 13th forward for day-to-day injuries because he's not losing the the progression in the minors like if greg would and then call up greg if there's a long-term injury i think they'll do the same thing with zaitsev where it's like he'll be a scratch if a guy is out for one or two games he'll slot in um but then if there's a long-term injury they might call up thompson or make a trade or whatever it is so i i I just feel like he's a candidate to kind of be sitting on the sidelines waiting for an injury so the senators have officially made their first cuts of training camp and i will read you the names because the the sense communications put out like a a six tweet yeah like (laughs) about about what happened so so first of all waivers okay the players on waivers rook chartier dylan hetherington and jake lucini are we thinking any of those players will be claimed no no no, Dylan Hetherington. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say he he struggled a bit the preseason. I, at this point in the season, though, is a time where most people clear. It's, yeah, it's like a really no good player. No one's gonna claim. Yeah, yeah, you don't claim guys that you might claim later on. Uh, assigned to the Belleville Senators, Angus Kirchank, Rip, uh, Philip Daou, Maxon Skinnett, 
Roby Arventi, Kevin Mandelis, Cole Reinhardt. I, I, I think we said Cole Reinhardt was still here. He's not still here. He got sent down. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. uh, Christians Rubens, Igor Sokolov, and Lassie Thompson, as well as Tyler Boucher going to the 67s. Are we angry about any of that? I'm surprised. I feel like, well, I mean, obviously, yes, but we've talked about that part already um but i feel like Gannett could have gotten an extended look i i'm not against sending him down but i feel like i could have seen a uh like a possibility of him making the the next round just to see where he's at finally but i find it interesting that thompson was sent down and, and jbd was not i think that's yeah a bit telling i feel like given I... the preseason like so far sure except for you know the last game for jbd wasn't really good but he looked better than thompson in the other games i think it's just strange it's 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 strange because i i mean i don't want to speak for anyone else but i've always seen jbd and thompson in kind of the same tier a little bit like they're going to come up at the same time and they kind of have the same progression and now it's now they split like now one is up and one is is down um i'm going to be interested to see if jbd makes the opening night lineup which i have no idea if he will i um, feel like just be mostly because the way they they both play I feel like we need more of a JBD right now, like on the third pair, than a yeah, guy like Lassie. The other thing is, there's not there's only nine defensemen left in camp. Mm-hmm. They'll probably start with eight, I would think. Maybe only seven? Maybe seven. So if you're thinking one cut, my guess is it's probably Jacob Larson. Yeah. yeah. If they cut two, I feel like Zaitsev might be the next guy. But then you kind of have like three, not rookies, but three young guys, right? You have Branscombe, JBD, and Sanderson. Um, but like if they're cutting one, I do think Jacob Larson is probably just the next, even if he's better than Zaitsev just because of name. Um, is he a right shot, Larson? I don't think so. Let me check. Check pictures on Google. He's left handed. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, okay. Um, from He's what I've heard, fine, I know. Yeah, yeah, fine, but you already have three left hand, probably four left handed Dia ahead yeah. of him, right? Shabbat, Sanderson, Brandstrom, and Holden. Holden, like, I think five of the six D men are locked in. Like, we have the top four Shabbat, Zub, Sanderson, Hamannick. I don't think there's any question unless injuries, that'll be the starting four. Yeah. And then Holden will be there either on the left or right side of the third pair. It's yeah. question of does Brandstrom come in on his left or does JBD or Zaitsev come in on his right? Hopefully not Zaitsev. I'll, I mean, like, hope. I personally, because I like Brandstrom, if he continues to play well in the last three games, let's just say he gets like two of the three games, if he plays well in those, I hope it's him. Um, but I also wouldn't mind JBD because then you can have a pair that you can trust probably to take the D zone draws. One yeah. player on this cut list that I was interested to see on this cut list is Igor Sokolov, who had yeah. a bit of a disappointing preseason. I think like Sean Simpson put out this tweet earlier today, and he was like, oh. "What a great preseason for Sokolov! Like he doesn't have the doesn't have the pace, and he doesn't have the hands or something." Because um, there was, you know, Sokolov had he got a game last year, and it was fine. But you know, got a couple didn't he? He got maybe near the end. But would you? My point is, would you have liked to see more from Sokolov in the preseason? Yes, so I'm not I'm not surprised, and I also would have cut him. But yeah, the thing is, that's never really been his style of play. He's never been like a high pace kind of guy. He's more of a like sure in the AHL and especially uh, in the queue, he's been able to you know get the puck and then just drive down like a 
like freight train mm -hmm. towards uh, deeper into the zone to make stuff happen. But that's that's never going to work for him at the NHL level with the, his current you know toolbox. So I feel like he's going to be more of an off puck guy who's not going to wow you as much. Like I'd much rather give a chance to someone like your Venti, who I've seen at least a little more improvement playmaking wise and has way more potential as younger and stuff. But he didn't earn it, you know, to make yep. it past this round either. So yep. I, I would have liked to see more from Sokolov, but it's not like it's not like he disappointed me or anything. We I'm sure we'll see Sokolov in the future. Um, but he'll go to Belleville and, and try to have a monster start to the year there. Uh, the Senators also sending uh, Xavier Bernard, the goalie, Fladell, I don't even know his first name, and Matthew <laughs> Wedman to the B-Sends, along with Ben Roger and uh, Kyle McDonald, who had an ATO and, and is going to go down and, and try to get a spot on Belleville. And uh, they also released Michael Delcole from his PTO. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I did not even know that he was playing. I never noticed him once. So goodbye, Michael Duckhole. But Derek Broussard is still here. Derek Broussard on his PTO is still here. He's made it through this this run of cuts. What are you putting his his percentage chance of getting a contract with the Sens right now? At this point, like an 82, I think. Really? That high? 82%? Yeah. Why I suppose specific? Why specific? I don't know. That's just what I felt like. It's just because currently I feel like that's my ideal uh, guy that I'd like to have on the fourth line over like Gambrell, maybe even over Castellick, just because he's a little bit more of a known commodity that has, you know, a little bit of, of power play potential. Like he played on the on that unit instead of Joseph. It's not like he was fiddling in for someone who wasn't playing. He was he was legitimately the fifth man there. They even used him in OT and he played really yeah. well. So, like the thing is, he's he's still very good defensively. Like I'm looking at his quality suppression last year, exactly. And that's I feel like that's pretty much everything you can ask for from you know a PTO fourth line center kind of guy. So ideally, that's who I'd like to have there. And I feel like at this point, he's earned a contract unless you know he really falls off a cliff during these last three games against the Habs. But we'll see. Also, also hold on. Okay, I would like to talk directly to the preseason NHL scheduler. For yeah. two reasons. One, the Ottawa Senators have eight preseason games. They play one preseason game at the Canadian Tire Center. One which in was, Ottawa points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which was yeah, which was last night against the Habs. And and it was a great crowd and it was a great game. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's it. They, they that's their one preseason game at home. Also, Senators preseason schedule goes Leafs Leafs. Jets, Leafs, Habs, 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 Habs. Why? Why are we playing the Habs? It's like the B sets playing the Rocket. Times in a row. This is so stupid. I don't want to watch the bum ass Habs four times with their terrible players play the Sens. It's going to be insufferable discourse between the Sens and the Habs fans about preseason hockey, which no one should care about. How many um, fights plus injuries that Arbor yeah. Jacka will cause? Oh my God! I hope that guy does not make the team. I oh hope. he will. He won't make it. I feel like he will at this point. Who's Dude, it, the who's amount of hype them? that I've been seeing? No one. That's the point. Chris Weidman, Corey Schooneman. It's bad. <laughs> we need to talk about something else because okay. yesterday it was a, couple, a bunch of teams played their first NCAA games, and I have seen Habs fans un like not joking saying that Lane Hudson is a better prospect than Jake Sanderson. Oh. That's funny. 
Because you know why? He had three power play assists in an eight to two win to open kids unreal. Because he did that. I at do like Hudson, but yeah, they, they said Caden Gooley is also better. That so is hilarious. Gooley and Hudson will both have better. <laughs> it's funny seeing the Habs fans as they're entering their rebuild, trying to convince themselves that it's gonna the rebuild's gonna last like one year, and they have all these great prospects. Meanwhile, here we are, six years after ours. I <laughs> I will say though, it is a good time to be bad right now. It is an given... excellent time to be bad. Twenty twenty two was a fairly solid draft year. It was good. It was all right. Twenty twenty three is gonna be incredible, even whether they win the lottery or not. Twenty twenty four, you get a chance at a guy like Aaron Kibiharu, and then if you're still bad the year after, there's Michael Misa who's gonna be available. So obviously they won't get any of those, like, or hopefully they won't get any of those guys, and probably won't get won't get more than one. But the rest of the, those drafts are still loaded, especially 2023. Who? So you talk about 2023 draft. Who is going to be competing in the tank battle this year? It's the Habs, Arizona, Chicago. Who else are we putting in Philly. there? Philly. Yeah. Well, Philly unintentionally. <laughs> Dude, Philly I feel so bad for some for Philly fans, man. Oh, it is gonna be brutal an over there. Team. Yeah, I can't wait. I, how long do we give Tortorella? Before he they, just, they just hired him, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who's? Oh, here, here's my here. You know what? Better question. Who lasts longer in Philly, Tony D'Angelo or Tortorella? Uh D'Angelo, I think. Really. Yeah, didn't he sign a four-year contract? Well, that means nothing. I know, Who does but... take him? That's the thing, yeah. Oh, buy him out, send him down, bury him. <laughs> Are they going to play him with Ristolainen? Because that would be the worst defensive pair in the, great in the league. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I think the fly... So there's a tweet. Someone put out a tweet like, the Sens are like must-watch TV. No, the Flyers are absolutely must-watch TV um, this season, for sure. With the season rapidly, the regular season rapidly approaching, we're going to try to nail down our lines here. And I, I think we're going to do it next episode when the full team is out. We'll, we'll do it again then. But as of right now, so we're, we're saying the top two lines in whichever order you want to put them in. Wrong. Is, There's one order. There is an order. Okay. Dutzla's <laughs> line is first. Yes. And the Kachuk Norris Batherson line is second. So it, it I actually think. It, go ahead, Josh. The second line is closer to the third line than it is to the first line, but we can talk about that. Wow, later. that's is that a hot take? I'm not saying I'm not saying that the third line is better. I'm saying there's probably going to be a bigger gap between the first and second. So you think that Kachuk Norris Batherson is closer in in like skill and effectiveness to you know what? In- what I will say is that's comparing it to watching them face first lines last year. So I guess now that they're facing second lines, That's they'll true. probably look better. Well, but but we don't even know how DJ's going to match that up, right? Like maybe he's got yeah. them playing. Like I don't know. We, we'll have to wait and see. But the point is, uh, Dvorakit Stutzla Giroux is going to be our our first line, quote unquote, yeah. and our, our second line will be Kachuk Norris Batherson, Mott yeah. Pinto Joseph. We've talked about a lot on this episode, and for good reason because they will be the third line and they'll be very effective. I think you could make the argument that there are three fourth line spots that are up for grabs. And I, I have a feeling we're not going to agree on all three coming to a consensus, but we're going to try. I Let's all say who we think the, the fourth line should be right now with who's left in chance. Should be or will be? Should be, like what, what we okay. want it to be. I will okay. say for, I, I like Castellick and I want him on the fourth line. I like Parker Kelly 
and I would put Broussard there, and that would be. That's li- I already tweeted that today, so you yeah, that's what I would else. do too. <laughs> oh well, look at us, we're unreal. <laughs> no, no, you just read my tweet. I think you should. Switch. I don't even follow yeah. you. So who do we put at center then? Do we put Broussard or Castle? I could see Broussard. Broussard's on. Broussard's got Broussard's, 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 okay. I yeah, feel good. like yeah, and 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 I think Austin. Wherever Rodgers, Kelly's better on the wing, you put him on that side, Kelly the left, and then Castle, Castle goes wherever else. Yeah. yeah, and and like Josh said earlier, I think Austin Watson's our thirteenth forward, which is fine because I I don't I do think he gets caved in at five on five a little bit, but Austin a Watson little. Has, well, okay, come on, he gets caved in in fights too. Okay, and then loses the fights. <laughs> All right, because... guys, come on, give him a break. Austin Watson blocks every shot. That to me, he's got a place. He's he can be. Now, why is he usable. always in this D zone blocking shot? We ask. Penalty kill. Hmm. <laughs> Let let him live, man. Everyone loves him in the team. He seems like such a nice guy. Like let him let him exist. He's probably he's great. He just got engaged, didn't he? It was or he just something Did happened. He, he posted on oh, Instagram. I don't remember this. Oh, uh, also, it's Crookshank's birthday today. By oh. the way. <laughs> okay, there you go, Crookshank's birthday. I I totally thought Austin Watson got engaged or something. I'm gonna I'm gonna check because I don't want to mess. This See, up. all of I all I can think of is Connor Brown's wedding, and that was a year ago. So, yeah, yeah, he did. He he did. He posted on Instagram September fifteenth. Yeah, I don't follow him on Instagram, so there we go. Oh, well, oh, Zoob has an actual account now. Yeah, let's talk about that. Zoob is on Instagram. It is, I believe, it's at artemzoob twenty. Yes. Is the is the at? Uh, not no 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 content in a while for him. He, his last post was April twentieth. Uh, it was just a picture of the sense like on four twenty. On, on 420, yes. <laughs> he posted a picture of the Sens in the locker room and just hanging out and, and being buds and didn't even put a caption and and there it is. Um, but Zub is on Instagram and you should follow him at at uh, Artem Zub 20. Um, but back to our original discussion, uh, we're we're good with that fourth line of of Kelly Kastelik and and Derek Broussard on the on that yes. fourth line. Good, okay, great. Sure. Let's go to the D and. We like, I mean, Louis already said it, right? Like, or, or Josh, the top four is is essentially set, and it's going to be Shabbat and Zub and Sanderson and Hamannick. So, what do we think? What do we think for the third pair? What What's the best possible third pair that we can have? Assuming Hamannick is the, the like, he will start on the right side, but I, I could totally see Sanderson being with Holden at some point just to like try that out and moving Hamannick down. However, I would say Hamannick looked pretty good. Like he's looked good in the preseason. There were talks that like he was playing injured last year, and that's part of why he wasn't as good because he used to be a decent defenseman. Like, I don't even think yeah. he was that bad last year. Yeah, just kind of he, in Ottawa. Yeah, he, he was bad in Vancouver. He was a bit sure. better in Ottawa. But like, if he played because he played with what's his Papuano right on the yeah. Islanders. Yeah, so that's why they made kinda, that trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if he can literally just be capable of moving the puck out and defending the rough just a little bit with Sanderson, that'll be fine as a second pair. And then, yeah, it's just talking about the third pair. My my vote would be Branstrom Holden to start the year with JBD getting reps if something sure. doesn't go well. Why not? I, I, but I, I'd say I'm okay with that, but I, I would like to see JBD get some games this year for sure. I, I'm sure you will. There'll, yeah. there'll be injuries, right? Like yeah, yeah. 100% there'll be an injury. But, but to, start the year, to start the year, you're thinking Holden and Branstrom. Yeah, that would be my, yeah. my pick. Uh, we can we can run with that. So so our, our D would be Shabbat, Zub, Sanderson, Hamannick, uh, and then Branstrom and Nick Holden. Uh, and I guess our seventh D would be Jacob and our Docker, for argument's sake. Uh, 
in net, in net, there you go. Who's your starter? Is it Forsberg? Uh, I would have Forsberg, mm. yeah. I think it'll just depend on who ends the preseason better. And if um, Talbot is healthy, because he couldn't play yesterday, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. So we'll, we'll But assuming they're both healthy, I think, it, yeah, probably Forsberg, but it'll probably just depend on, like, if Forsberg doesn't have a single good game the rest of the preseason and and Talbot came in and got a shutout, maybe they just roll with him momentum-wise. I think, but it's, it's. I mean, it's a bit stupid to dwell on, on the starting goalie because you know it's just going to change so much. Like, they're going to get pretty much the even. You would just you would think they're going to get around the even amount of games. That's what I've been hearing people say. Um, but yeah. what is going on in the planner, guys? <laughs> Jesus, this is just so inappropriate. No, we don't need that. Thank you. Sure, Anton Forsberg is going to be the day one starter. Good? Yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Louis, Louis and, and Josh are in the uh, Google Drive podcast planner uh, putting Harper Cece and your mom, your dad, as the third pair for the Sens this year, which I don't know how well either of those would do on the same. I know problem. that the Harper Cece one would do worse. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, and, and for goalie call-ups, would, would Sogard be the first I've really not liked them this preseason. I was going to say, he had a tournament. very shaky preseason, but who's your other option? Antoine Bebo, who also was yes, bad. Yes, sir. <laughs> Kevin Mandelis? He hasn't been. I mean, he's kind of mad. I don't the thing know. Is, Sogard's been bad for the preseason and the rookie tournament games. And it's not like he's been, oh, he let in. Like, he's just been letting in bad goals, like, in all the True. games. And he hasn't been making any crazy saves. And the thing with him is he's big and he's got the the skating and like you know just mobility to be able to make some insane saves the problem is he's not consistent enough and not doesn't have that depth and positioning to really you know drive strong results on a day-to-day basis so i don't know it's so kind of concerning are you, are you actually analyzing goalies instead of just <laughs> yeah they were bad last year so what do you know what year. podcast you're on lewis fine what do we say what do we say Say the line. Voodoo. There you go. Say, say the line. <laughs> goalies are voodoo. Um, goalies are voodoo. I bet Matt Sogard starts the AHL season on a four-game shutout streak. I say we trade for Andrew Hammond and have him be the third string. On that note, uh, there's one thing that I would like to touch on before we end this episode. This has nothing to do with the Sens. This has nothing to do with projected lines. Did you see the Seattle Kraken mascot unveiling? What do we My think? Least favorite. What do we My think about Bowie one. the Troll? Is he your least favorite mascot, really? Yes. No, nah, there's Why? worse. There's got to be worse. There, okay. For, for people who have not we should seen make Bowie, mascot rankings. <gasps> that should be next Next week. episode, we'll make mascot rankings. Oh, hell rankings. yeah. For, for, for those who have not seen Bowie, he's at the Troll. His name is Bowie the Troll. And he is this strange looking thing he has like legs like he has legs and feet uh and he has he has a his face he's got a white or a a baby blue nose and he's got weird ears he looks kind of like a character from avatar if they weren't like blue in the face hold on we're saying he do we know that it's a good point yeah it i'm calling it it Uh, that do we the mascot pronouns hold on we'll get there you go oh wait no don't they have a Twitter account? Wait a second. Bowie has Come a on. Twitter account? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. that might be a follow. <laughs> Bowie, the, Bowie the Troll on Twitter. Bowie. Bowie the Troll is not on Twitter. I think it's C. Is yeah. It? yeah. Yeah, C. Bowie. 
the friendliest troll on Twitter. Uh, I I don't see anything that would. No, it's just a buoy. It's just buoy. Well, no, okay, I see him too. The friendliest friendliest troll on Twitter, official team him. mascot of the Seattle Kraken. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna call it it. That doesn't look like a person. <laughs> it, it it is a weird looking thing. Uh, I don't know. I, we will do a mascot ranking. That's a great idea. But preliminary reaction to Bowie, he came in like from above. <laughs> he, he came in like like dropping, descending from the rafters in, in the uh, climate pledge arena, and then waved the flag. I think he's. I think he's so so weird looking I, I think he's the weirdest looking mascot for sure so three things for me so one apparently it's based on the fremont troll which is some seattle legend from like a troll under a bridge or whatever sure sure whatever um second interesting that it is wearing the away jersey for the crack yeah i don't usually see a lot from mascots and True. three and this is the the weirdest thing i've seen uh, you've probably noticed it has like the anchor earring on one yes. side to just show, you know, there's it looks like their alternate uh, logo that which they have as a shoulder patch, and on the other side, there's like a tentacle coming down from the ear, and from like an an official description of the mascot saying, and that is there to signify it had an encounter with a kraken. What oh. could that imply? I don't know. But Bowie's a freak, that. and it uh, <laughs> sure man. <laughs> he had an encounter with the kraken we will we will leave that to the viewer's discretion and imagination and on that note we will call it an episode i can't wait for the mascot rankings oh this is gonna be great okay next next episode uh we will do mascot rankings thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us talk about buoy we will talk about it more next episode uh thanks for tuning in we'll see you guys next week take care everybody bye